This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is a premier male grooming company with the star Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, and we want to be able to share the savings with you, our awesome listeners. So you can use the promo code BLUECHIP, all one word, to get 20% off your next order. Don't let your balls down. Get the Lawnmower 3.0. Your balls will thank you. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Carnation. I'm joined, as always, by my colleague over at Blue Chip Scouting. It's Devin Jackson. Devin, how are you today, man? Doing pretty good, man. Um, was a was a very good weekend it's, of, it's of full college on football. report season, man. It's report season, baby. Yep, it is that time. You excited? Yes and no. Um, just going to be, I'm just not excited about doing the quarterbacks, to be honest. I am not. You are, you are correct. Just because people are going to be all over the place with it and it's going to be endless discourse and, you know, you know how that goes. But every other position, though, I'm, I'm stoked. But quarterback is just going to be uh, very problematic. I can already tell. Yeah, it's uh, it's not great. But, you know, this week was championship week and Cal. Um, that was just the most random game just popping up. I'm like, oh, that's right. That that, that game's happening. I didn't watch it. Uh, <laughs> didn't watch it. Didn't care enough, Devin. But um, so – Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of these coaching. There is more coaching news. Shocker. Um, and then we're going to talk about the bowl games that ha- – sorry, no, the conference championship games that happened and the college football playoff. But before we get into all, any of that, and I'm only doing this because I have not recorded the, the ad read for it, just a reminder, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Jersey House. Make sure to use the code BIGSHOTS, all one word, to get 15% off your next purchase, it helps them out. It helps put money back in the pockets of Devin and I, helps keep the show running, helps us, you know, improve the overall podcast, whether it be audio, whether, you know, maybe a microphone up, upgrade. That goes a long way in helping us. So, again, if you want to support the show, you want to support our friends over at Jersey House, promo code Big Shots, 15% off. It might be a little bit too late to get your Christmas present from them because it's taken about three weeks due to high demand for shipping, three, four weeks. But you want to start the new year off right with a uh, with a nice jersey, go get it at Jersey House. So, Devin, where do you want to start today? Uh, I guess we can talk about the um, the kind of wild weekend of uh, college football. All right. So let's take a look at, at these uh, conference championship games. There were some some good games and then some utterly terrible ones. Let's get the first bad one out of the way. That was Oregon and Utah. Um, Utah just curb stomped them. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely wrong about how this game was going to go. I picked Utah, right? Uh, I actually do not remember. <laughs> oh. See what happens when we stop tracking it? Yeah, it it gets out of hand. 
Uh, but no, I mean, Utah, complete defensive effort. By the way, uh, pick six by, uh, by Devin Lloyd, Brand. I believe they call that a Brand guy. Uh, LB1? I, I, I can't claim him because I, I haven't watched him. So. Disappointed but, in you. Hey, look, I, I'm sticking, sticking to my conferences, man. Gotta stick to him. Um, but, but yeah, he, he is a, a very good linebacker. Um, and, and just with, you know, kind of, I mean, the top of the class, I think it's either him or the Kobe Dean, to be honest. I, I don't see anyone else really. Maybe coming. Terrell Bernard. That's your top yeah. three right there. Yeah, Bernard, but we know his injury history is going to cause him not to go as high as he should. Mm-hmm. But Nicobe Dean and, and Devin Lloyd are easily the, the two top prospects right now uh, with, with minimal red flags uh, in, in terms of their history. So I expect you know, either of them or at least one of them to go in the first round. I think most of these guys are going to be day two picks. Uh, I think Dean and, and Bernard probably are day two picks, but, but Devin Lloyd definitely has a chance to go like top, top 20, top 25. Yeah. Um, man, they just dominated Oregon up front. No, Anthony Brown just, we wanted so much more from him than we got this year. And Oregon was very limited by him. And, uh, well, we might as well talk about it now. Uh, it's, it's been reported that, uh, Oregon head coach Mario Cristobal has taken the Miami job, which technically wasn't open yet because Manny Diaz had not been fired. Um, now, which is a very weird situation, but it has been confirmed. But what's, What's happening is Manny Diaz may stay on as like defensive coordinator. Can you imagine that? Like, we're not going to fire you. We're just going to demote you. I feel like that's even worse. It is. You Which, know, where does Oregon go from here? I don't and how know, dumb man. does, how dumb does, uh, does Joe Moorhead feel for not stay, <laughs> stay in the course? True. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. Moorhead probably didn't want that big power five position. We saw what happened last time. He had the power five. Well, that's because Mississippi job. State's dumb. Well, yeah, but also being a leader of that type of program, you have to be successful. You know, you have to bring immediate results. And I just don't think he's really the type to do that. I mean, and he went to Akron. I think he spent some time there before and early in his career. He probably wants to help the program win a few mag titles uh, and, and call it a day. Uh, it just doesn't seem like he wants that big power five job because he had to know that, Chris of all, it was a chance that he was going to leave. Um, but, I, I mean, Oregon just laid an egg, though. Uh, I will say, yeah, though, not. I will say, though, uh, there was a uh, tackle on Utah that did intrigue me. Uh, the, the one who oh yes yes I'm looking forward to this hang on Amadeli Olesini from Utah left tackle uh, he's from London England so well done on getting the name right hey I'm 
almost 2022. So I, I gotta, gotta get some of these names down. Oh, I know. I want to get certain guys on the podcast just so you have to say it. There's a, there's a certain defensive tackle that I, I, I definitely want to bring onto the show just so that I have to hear you say his name. Don't do that. All right. Cause, because we're friends, I won't. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's fine. It, if you bring him on, I'm not going to, uh, all right. The world. Next up. We had the Conference USA Championship game. I got this one totally wrong. Uh, I said Western Kentucky was going to be able to put up more points and UTSA couldn't keep track. Uh, UTSA got off to a flying start, and then Western Kentucky dragged their way back into it. Bailey Zappi, 577 yards. Jesus. Uh, but Brad Guys, for instance, Sear McCormick, 36 carries, 204 and three touchdowns. And then, Devin, something you and I both discovered yesterday, Caden Stearns' younger brother, Jareth, 10 catches, 179, and two scores. This was 49-41 UTSA a final. That is that is absolutely nuts. I just can't believe no one said anything. Like, I love Caden Stearns in the last draft class, and I had not, never heard a word of a brother playing at Western Kentucky. All of a sudden, he pops off, and... I mean, it makes sense. They both have pretty, they're pretty talented athletes. Um, so I, now that I'm looking back, I'm not as surprised. But yeah, um, when you look at that game, uh, it really, uh, championship weekend was like those smaller teams, man. They were just like teams of like, I don't call them teams of destiny, but it, it just felt right that they won. Like Northern Illinois winning, and we're probably not going to talk about them, but they won, and it just felt Oh, like I was going to go through right. every championship game. All right, we'll talk about that in a little bit then, I guess. But uh, We previewed every championship game. But, yeah, UTSA winning makes sense. Uh, there's the first conference championship in, in school history. You've only been around like 11 or so years. Yeah, I think it was 2010, 2011. I think 2009, they, they started the program as a whole. And then yeah. they've been at the FBS level since like 2012. Yeah, so it, it's been a, a amazing story for them and happy that they, they got the win. Um, and, you know, they, they outplayed Western Kentucky. Uh, you know, Zappy did everything he could, but that, I mean, it pretty much happened what happened all season long. He played well, but. Their defense can stop anybody. So, uh, yeah, UTSA, kudos to them. The Roadrunners, meet meep. Uh, moving on to Saturday, I- I'm gonna save the one that's listed numerically first for later. Let's just get uh, Michigan beating the ever-loving dog shit out of Iowa out of the way. This game was at no point competitive. Um, I think when it was twenty-eight to three. Uh, I turned it off in favor of the US uh, UFC. Yeah, I mean, there was no great night games, to be honest. I mean, you could have watched Wake Forest Pit, but I had no interest in watching that. I didn't care. And then, so. and then it turned into a blowout anyway. But the nightcap games were bad. I mean, yeah, simply uh, put. <laughs> th- this game was atrocious. Uh, this, this Michigan Iowa one. It, Michigan didn't have to do anything to kick the shit out of them. Honestly, the offense could have put up 14 points and still won. They could have won 14 to three. Dude, they could have literally just kicked two field goals and it would have been done. Iowa had nothing. And I mean, absolutely nothing. Spencer Petras went nine of 22. The fact, well, the he, thing- it, you know what the good thing is, is that they decided to bench him. 
they actually like what you know what he's playing like shit. We're gonna pull him out. We'll we'll put in Padilla because Spencer Peaches is bad. Why did they star him in the first place? Uh, don't know. Shouldn't have. I mean, not that that won't mean much of a difference. They still would have lost, but oh yeah, they probably still would have lost by three scores, but they would have lost by three scores instead of five. I don't know, man. I, I do have a quick little rant though. When are Wisconsin and Iowa going to come to the 21st century and play? Never, offense? never, man. Because I was it's thinking, it's way of, more fun to just run the ball 72 times. I was and thinking have a quarterback about this. that can't move. I was thinking about this the other night, but how do like the Big Ten needs to consider like redoing their structure? They need seriously. To. Because I'm tired of seeing it. Because I think Big Ten West are 0 and 8 now. Yeah, because it's it, it, it's been Penn State the one year, and then Ohio State every other year, and then Michigan. Like literally, it's like Penn State. Well, it was Penn State, Wisconsin, and then it was like Ohio State, Wisconsin, like Michigan. Like the Michigan State was sprinkled in. Yeah, there was year. a Michigan in there somewhere. But then, you know, like, it, it just didn't, it doesn't make sense to me that we have to wa- be subjected to watching that every single playoff, well, not playoff, but every single uh, conference championship. And, like, Iowa and Wisconsin have not come to the 21st century on, on offense yet. And, not even close to it. And they're not winning conference championships. Like, they're not that, even competitive in these games either. Is that not a, like, like you know, the the goal? conference is spread out so lopsided to the one side because you have Ohio State, you have Michigan, you have Michigan State, you have Penn State. But like for me, it's like, and then in the other one, you're like, oh boy, let's get excited about Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Purdue. But like the, the only thing for like for me is like you put all the good teams in the East, like. Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan are all playing each other. And and one of them could easily run through the West if they were in the West, you know? Yeah. So it's like either make it like the Big 12 where it's just the top two teams in the Do conference that. and make them play. Like I'd rather see Ohio State, Michigan twice or yeah. Ohio State, Penn State twice or something like that than see Iowa and Wisconsin come into the game you know, they have this quote unquote great defense, but then they look like poop in There's in a, the, there's another like the SEC is the same way. So I, I'm just tired of seeing the the same results from the Big Ten because they want to claim they're the best. I'd almost the best prefer they go north south. Something else, man. I I just don't want to see that every year. I'm I'm just tired of seeing offenses that are in the nineteen nineties and have no success against uh, elite defenses because they can't do anything explosive on their own. Like, yeah. Like, they didn't even try a trick play or nothing. They, they no. just went out and played straight-up football with nothing. And Michigan was throwing out all the stops. Like, they were the underdog. It just it was frustrating. Michigan had to make sure they didn't Michigan it this year. I mean, they, they would have needed a, a colossal collapse to lose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And that would happen against Iowa. 
Uh, Cincy, they have clinched the first ever group of five appearance in the college football playoff. They beat Houston 35 to 20. Yeah, I mean, they, they were the better team, man. Houston, Houston did give them a run that first half, but Cincy's defense really stepped up in that second half and, and shut down Houston. So they finally get that. And I mean, part of it was, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, but part of it was the, uh, what was happening around them also played a part. So they got in. We can stop hearing people complain like, y'all really want Cincy in here? Yes, we do. <laughs> There's no one else that we want in there. Notre Dame doesn't deserve to be in over them. Notre um, Dame would have the weakest resume of any playoff team in history. The only argument you could have made was for Baylor. And I honestly, I would have ranked Baylor over Notre Dame. I, I think Baylor had more quality games than them, but I'm not making a decision. Speaking of Baylor, might as well jump into this one. I think if Oklahoma State won this game, then since he's still sitting on the outside looking in, like the committee would have found a way. Yeah, they they were definitely looking at the Oklahoma State game, Oklahoma State game very closely. But um, uh, Baylor Baylor made sure that it did not factor in. By the way, Baylor's defense four interceptions. Sure, one of them was a really bad bounce, but whoo! Spencer, Spencer Sanders. Sand- by the way, if you have, if you rely on Spencer Sanders to throw the ball forty six times, you've brought this on yourself. We talked about this earlier in the season. If he's throwing over twenty thirty times, they're probably not winning the game. I mean, they still had a, they should have won the game. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna put it out there. They they should have scored. Dude, it was it, it it was bad. It was very bad. I, I feel bad for the guy because he he had the lane. Yeah. I mean, Baylor Baylor took away the running game entirely. There was no Jalen Warren, uh, which was big because Desmond Jackson. Oh no, Desmond Jackson had to be the the the, the bell cow in this game. Nineteen carries, thirty one yards. I mean, it's not like Baylor had that much more success. Abram Smith, 17 carries, 63 yards. He was the game's leading rusher. Trusted Ebner, uh, who, you know, we talked about, maybe a bit of an X factor in this game. Almost was an X factor for the wrong reason. Only five carries, 17 yards. Uh, fumbled on, like, the first uh, touch of the game for him. And then fumbled late in the game on a, on a punt. Uh, it, it was, it was, it was rough. Uh, Blake Shapin, the, uh, QB for Baylor started like 17 of 17 with three touchdowns, finishes 23, 28, 180, and those three touchdowns fucked his shoulder up late. So Baylor really had to, to lean on the run game, uh, which is the only reason why this didn't end up being like a 28 to 16 game. But it came down to half a yard, Devin. It came down to half a bloody yard. I'm going to say couldn't get it. And you know what? I, I, I didn't know who he was before this game, but I want to give a shout out to Jaron McVeigh, the, uh, defensive back for Baylor, had an interception, made the crucial play to, uh, to stop Oklahoma State on the goal line. And oh my God, he was, he was everywhere, everywhere. Yep. He sent Baylor to the Sugar Bowl. So yeah. Yeah. He's, he, Man, like I said, they were saying this was his 59th game. Oh, wow. 
probably his best of his career. Also, uh, Terrell Bernard, 10 tackles, half a sack. Dylan Doyle, the other linebacker, who I've mentioned a couple times on this podcast, 10 tackles as well. Jalen Petrie, seven tackles, two for a loss, a pass breakup. He was fucking everywhere, man. And, and former LSU guy, uh, Siaki Aika, the big old boy, number 62, clogging lanes. That dude is a mammoth of a human being. <laughs> it's like 6'2", 370 or something like that. Uh, just, okay, sorry. According to ESPN, he's listed at 6'4", 350. If he's 350, you and I are 210. Yeah, he is, uh, as, uh, Dante Colinelli would say, he's a cube. He's a so. cube with legs. Yep. He's a good cube, though. He's the good type of cube. Uh, good for Baylor, though. It's, uh, third, um, yeah, it's their third. Uh, conference championship, all of which have taken place in the last 10 years. Impressive. Yeah, like, just I'm... think about that. Do you remember that, like, stretch of dominance between, like, 2011 and, like, 2014 for Baylor? Yes, sir. Sure do. Uh, if only Art Bryles wasn't a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Pitt, Wake Forest. You mentioned this earlier. This game got out of hand. I think Sam Hartman threw four picks as well. It was not a good, good game for him. Yeah, he went 21 of 46 through four picks. Uh, Kenny Pickett, did, okay. Did, did you see the fake slide? Yeah, what was... is your opinion on the fake slide? I'm not going to get bent out of shape out of it. I think people were way too, like, upset about it. Like, I mean, he's not going to try it again because someone's going to blast him. That's just my take. It, if he, He's going to get blasted. I mean, just don't pull it off again. He won't be able to pull off at the NFL level. So not sure why everyone got bent out of shape. People were like, oh, that should be a flag. You know, it's just, it's really not that serious, man. Like, it's a, it's a cool move he pulled off, but if he would have got hidden, hit late because he – tried to do that, then that would have been on him. So I think he made himself uh, defenseless for doing that. But I'm, It was I'm, dumb. It was a really dumb thing, but it happened. I genuinely were, don't care. Like, I genuinely don't care. Well, that's what I was saying. People got all bent out of shape about it. And I'm like, it's just, it's just a move. Like, relax. People like, were it like, was a stupid move, but like... And then you have people saying that was the best move in open field they ever seen, and it it just I just I, even, I don't even think it was the best move I saw in the open field on Saturday. It wasn't. That's the only thing that I care about from that game. Uh, Devin, what happened to San Diego State? <sighs> they got that ass whooped. Utah State, man. Uh, that's what I was talking about earlier. Teams of like. They just, it was their time. It was Utah State's time, man. Um, San Diego State's offense, <clears throat> we know how bad they are. It finally caught up to them. Um, I thought it might caught, catch up to them last week against Boise State uh, when I predicted Boise State will win, and that didn't happen. But uh, Utah State kept the foot on the gas. Uh, shout out to Blake Anderson, uh, Arkansas State great coach. 
yes, he sir. he uh came in and brought new life to that program and and they hit on all explosive plays. Um and I did say I did mention on Twitter spaces earlier this year that San Diego State has some uh holes in their secondary that can be attacked. But Utah State was really the only team in the Mountain West besides Nevada that can attack them with a vertical passing game. So uh and Fresno State too and, and that's why Fresno State beat them uh, earlier in the year too but Utah State was just a better team uh they did a good job containing Cameron Thomas he only had half a sack uh, and two Q- QB hurries and uh they were able to keep Logan Bonner uh relatively uh, sack free so they had those things working with them and and they took on their first conference championship 46 to 13. Uh, you know what? It, it goes to show that sometimes, you know, when you rely that heavily on a defense, your defense is going to have a game where it doesn't show up and the offense has to kick in. And we saw two examples of that this week. Um, let's go on to my other conference, Sunbelt. We had Louisiana Lafayette beating App State 24 to 16. If you liked quarterback play, this is not the game for you. These, uh, two quarterbacks, Levi Lewis of Louisiana Lafayette, and Chase Bryce of App State combined to throw 45% completion rates. Devin? Levi Lewis was the more accurate quarterback at 15 of 30. Yeah. That is disgusting. Um, I, I saw Cameron Peoples, the running back for, for App State, he, he ripped off a long touchdown. And the only thing that came to mind was he's going to get torn apart by NFL evaluators for running too upright. Like he's very upright. Yeah. That doesn't typically bode well in the NFL. It doesn't. Because he's up, like, I mean, he is tall. He's like six, two, six, three, but. You get chopped down a couple of times. It's, uh, it's quite the, uh, could be quite the injury for him, uh, lower body injuries. Um, you know, and I, I think, I think he'll be at least, uh, rotational back at the next level, mm-hmm. but yeah. But good for right. Louisiana getting, getting Billy Napier some hardware on the way out. Yeah. And then they, the play hard, they played hard for him, man. Yeah, I, I kind of predicted that. I knew that, you know, people had talked about earlier in the week that, you know, UL might not be as uh, focused because he's had, had just say my name there. next time, Devin. Just say my name, bro. <laughs> but they uh, they were able to to pull it off, and yeah, Napier is off the floor right now. I think he's bringing defensive coordinator from uh, UL as well to Florida. So we'll see what happens. Oh. Sorry, in the last like half hour, we'll talk about it in the coaching section, but uh, okay. Interesting. Oh, Manny Diaz yeah, gone? No, no, not the one I was talking about. Oh, Norvell? Yeah. Oh, All yeah. right. We'll get through. Uh, well, we got two more games. I'll let you talk about the Mac, man. This is your time. Mac Shin. Um, look, Northern Illinois was, was just a better team than Kent State. Uh, Dustin Crown just needs to go off the NFL, man. Yeah, I mean it, it was just a, a great game for Northern Illinois. They they were that team that just found a way to get hot during the, down the stretch of the season, and 
they were very up and down. I mean, they beat Georgia Tech, but then they lost to Wyoming, and it was just a very weird season. Wyoming is not even that great. But, uh, you know, their MAC play, they, you know, obviously won the MAC West. And uh, this team went from, I think they went like 0-6 last year to MAC champion. So it's from from worst to best. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, Rocky Lombardi had multiple rushing touchdowns. Uh, didn't have a great game throwing-wise because he's, he's a roller coaster in general, but He'll be coming back next year, so I have to watch another year of Rocky Lombardi. I, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but uh, I do I do like their running back and slash fullback Clint Rakovich. Uh, he had the first touchdown of the game and kind of does a little bit of everything for that team. Uh, I think he'll be an interesting projection to the NFL. But other than that, they're a fairly young team that uh, could probably make another run at the MAC again next year. So we'll see what happens. Kent stay on the other hand. It's really not a lot of prospects on their team. I mean, it's just Dustin Crum and I think they're running by Marquez Cooper is interesting, but he's like 5'9", 215. So it's not great size. And then uh, they have a few receivers. Uh, Keyshawn Abrams has some some height and, and size. And there's another receiver they have, too, that's pretty good. But I think he's just a, a junior. So we'll see what happens. I mean, Dustin Crum might find a way to come back for another year. and just continue to stay on Kent State because I feel like he's been there for like 20 years. All right. And then our last one, Devin, I saved it for last because, well, we have to talk about this one more in depth. Georgia. You you ever see that, that I think it's uh, the the, the meme of the stick figure with the stick. Come on, do Do something. something. Yeah. That that was me to Georgia the entire fucking game. I will Come say, on. I will say, I do not play offense, please. I do not understand why they were so content with just laying Stetson and Bennett play. Like Alabama has beaten you two out of the last four years with a backup quarterback either like benched or they had the starting quarterback got hurt and you lost to Tua and Jalen Hurts. Both of them came off the bench to beat you. And you still are like, you know what? Stetson Bennett is going to get us back in the game. I just don't understand, man. I, I just don't get it. Like Kirby Smart, like every time you play Alabama, man, you just forget. Like they look so good against every other team in the country. You play Alabama, Nick Saban, you just can't do it. And I just don't know why. I I just can't explain it. I don't know if it's a psychological thing. I don't know if it's just they just don't make great decisions in championship games. I mean, it's just at a point now where what do you do if Georgia? Like, cool, you still got in the playoff, but you got throttled in the SEC championship game. And I mean, there there was no run game whatsoever. James Cook leading uh, rusher in the game, eleven carries, thirty eight yards. Just give the ball to Kenny McIntosh more. Dude was averaging eight yards a carry. You got George Pickens. He's back for the game. You're not even throwing it his way. I think I just, he had 
four targets? I just Brock, I mean, they were just like, let's just throw it to Brock Bowers, which generally is a good idea. But if that's the only thing that you have planned. They were throwing into triple coverage time. Like he oh was my like, God, Stetson Bennett makes Aaron Murray look like Patrick Mahomes. I, I just don't know what the he, infatuation Devin, Devin, is. Devin, I am not kidding. He is diabolically shit. But he's still playing. I know, and that's that's infuriating. He's so bad. Look, I was I was talking to somebody. He had but... no business being out there. JT Daniels is healthy. Apparently, he's not good enough for. Kirby Smart. What on earth is Stetson Bennett then? I mean, look, Georgia rolled out Jake Fromm over Justin Fields. I don't and and Eason. I mean, we don't even need to explain why he's out there because it's Kirby Smart. Well, Eason Eason was injured when 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 it was Fromm, but fair. But I mean, he still transferred away. I mean, their insistence on, you know, making sure that Stetson Bennett throws the ball 48 times. Well, they had to because they couldn't run the ball. They could run the ball when they gave it to Kenny McIntosh. They just decided to just, okay, well, James Cook isn't working. Let's just keep handing him the ball and it'll eventually work. And, oh, that's not working. Okay, time to give Zamir White more carries. No, Kenny McIntosh was the one that was breaking down the, oh, oh, my God. And then for the love of God, can someone please cover John Mechie? May he he get healthy soon. Torn ACL, it looks like. Rough go. Probably will be returning next year. But for Devin, I'm, I'm trying so hard not to cuss. I know I've already broken it and I've already cussed. But for the love of God, someone cover Jamison Williams. How many times did we see Jamison Williams have 15 yards of space? It's Jamison Williams. I want to know why Darian. It's not like you're leaving Cameron Latu open. It's not like you're leaving him wide, you know, wide the hell open. They're just like that guy that runs four three and will be a first round pick in next year's draft. We don't have to worry about him. We're just going to let him do whatever he wants. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out why was Darian Kendrick not on him, or why wasn't somebody? They else had on that him? Ringo kid on him and. Oh man, he got he torched. He got torched all game long. And then again, there was another instance where I think he I think he was covering Mechie and Mechie had like 15 yards of space. I just don't understand, man. I I just don't like their game plan whatever it was didn't work. They didn't have one. It sucked. They don't. got it feels like they were up 10 nothing and then went well, no other team scored more than 17 points on us, so we're good. But they forgot that this ain't Vandy. This is Alabama. This is the greatest dynasty in the history of sports. You can't pussyfoot going up against Bama. Bama will make you pay. They can make you pay. They will make you pay. And nine times out of nine, they do make you pay. I know. Embarrassing. Jordan Davis was a complete non-factor in this game. I mean, to be honest, he wasn't going to be a factor anyway because it's not like he's... He doesn't some... play enough snaps. Well, he doesn't play enough snaps. One, number two, he's not really a pass rush guru no. anyway. So Calais um... Campbell summed it up perfectly. Like, he can't go round one. Like, 
for what he does, he is a great player. But the NFL is a passing league, and he can't generate any pass rush. And, I mean, it's not like we're dealing with a Vita Vea. Like, remember, he he's similarly sized to Vita Vea, Brandon Williams of, of the Ravens. Those guys are, are, are both 350, 360, something like that. Those guys can stay on the field, though, because they've developed pass rush moves, and they have endless gas tanks. Endless gas tanks. I mean, we wanted to, to, to put Jordan Davis in this Vita Vea, Brandon Williams, early career Don Terry Poe, uh, class. He's not that. It's more Terrence Cody than it is those guys. And look how far Terrence Cody went in the NFL. Yeah, he's definitely going to have to, uh, you know, Get get a lot better in terms elite of elite against the run. There is no point having him on the field after uh, yo for second and third down. Yeah, he plays like forty percent of the snaps. The two, it's the other two defensive tackles that are making plays. It's Devontae Wyatt and um. Oh, what Trayvon is the other Walker. guys? Trayvon Walker. Those are the guys that are making plays against the pass. Jordan Davis is on the sideline. And people wanted to give him the Heisman. And you know what? The, like the thing is, is that like it's great when you're up against a dysfunctional Florida team, or Vandy, or Tennessee, or South Carolina. You you don't need to worry about like them aerating the shit out of you for for four quarters and throwing the ball fifty five times. With Bama, you do, which means that that's at least sixty snaps where he can't be on the field. I just don't understand. Like, did they not watch the Auburn game and see what did, to do? Yeah. Like, it made no sense. Like, blitz. Like, do something else, man. Just don't sit back and, and let them pick you apart. They rushed three and just they they had eight in coverage, but they had eight just kind of standing around waiting for the ball to be completed. Yeah. The, this game was so boring, Devin. I left in one, Devin's yawning. It was that boring. And two, in like once Bama made it 38 to 17, I left and got dinner. I turned the game off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at that point, I decided like it was over. Let's watch like holiday baking championship. I think after that pick six, it was, it was pretty much over. That's when I turned it off. I mean, I, I, I saw a perfect meme that describes Stetson Bennett where it was, it was, I think it was from, um, that Knives Out movie with D- Daniel Craig. It's like Stetson Bennett staring into triple coverage. I don't understand it, but yet it intrigues me. Like he just like YOLO balls them. It's like, dude, have you forgotten that you're Stetson Bennett? Have you forgotten that you're Stetson Bennett? Like good grief. He's so bad. Yeah. He's genuinely awful. I don't know why he is still out there, but you know what? Just keep him out there. I just, I just don't want to watch his Georgia team any further. Because uh, if oh, Michigan plays like oh, the way they did so on bad. Saturday, they're gonna wipe the floor with Georgia. We'll be back after this, after this quick word from our sponsors. Fucking Georgia. 
our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet for whatever your needs are. With nine amazing flavors to choose from, all of which covered in 100% chocolate. Oh, by the way, guys, they have several monthly special offer bars as well, all of which have up to 19 grams of protein with only 4 grams of added sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. Built Bar has whatever you're looking for, whether you're looking for a delicious snack, a pre- or post-workout bar, or need to keep up with your macros, Built Bar is a top-of-the-first-round protein bar. See what I did there? Draft puns. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code BIGSHOTS for 10% off your next order. That's BIGSHOTS, all one word, 10% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back. Devin, we had all the bowl games announced yesterday. We are not going to break down all of the bowl games. Yeah, all 44 of them. Oh, my God. There are 44 bowl games now. 44. There are 130 teams in college football. That means 88 teams are bowl eligible out of 130. And I thought the NBA saying that 10 out of 15 in each conference will make the playoffs was bad. Yeah, I mean, whew. they added to uh, they added another bowl game this Why? year just, just to accommodate for two more six win teams. So why? Uh, I can't wait to. Well, I mean, the MAC had like seven bowl eligible teams, which good for them. I think they had more than the Big Ten. Yeah, Mount West had eight. Mountain West had eight. Big Twelve had a few. I was looking at my at my at my scouting notes, and I'm like, wow. Uh, everybody else that has a Power Five um, um, conference has like 75, 80, 100 names. I have 45. I have. I think I have like 40. Three in the MAC and like 48, 49 in the Mountain West. Just not very uh, diverse pickings, to say the least. Uh, especially in the trenches, I I do not have a lot of offensive linemen to watch because uh, it just there's just not that many that's going to uh, make it to the next level. So it is definitely it's definitely a struggle. Uh, but. Let's talk about the college football playoff. All right. After conference championship week, I think we kind of knew the way that this was going to go. Like, we knew since he was going to be four. There was no way that the committee was going to respect them. They would have had to beat Houston by 70 in order to move on. I still don't think they would have given it to him. Now, if Georgia had won, and that's a very big if because they ended up just laying the fattest of eggs. Then yes, they would have moved up because Bama would not have made it as a conference champ- championship game loser and a two-loss team. You would have had Notre Dame, but Bama winning—you knew they were going to go number one. You knew it. It didn't matter what Michigan did. Bama was going to go number one. They're, 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 listen, you want to compare losses all you want? Sure. Bama losing to Texas A&M is worse than, uh, Michigan losing to Michigan State. However, 
there's a reason Bama went up to number one. It's so that Georgia could be number three, because if they bump Georgia from one to four, they weren't going to do a rematch. They want to set up for a potential SEC championship game rematch in the national champ, in the national title game. They've done this before. We know what was going to happen, man. Like we, like we've seen this. We've seen this happen this way. SEC championship game rematch in the natty. It happens far more often than you would, than, than we want, but they weren't going to do Georgia falls to four and then have Bama versus Georgia because it, no one wanted, no one wants an immediate rematch of that game. I would have loved to have a rematch so we can get out the way. Or they also just wanted to make an example out of Cincinnati for having the nerve to go undefeated for two straight seasons. You see, to me, it's like, like you want to, if you make an example out of a team, make an example out of Georgia. Yeah, make an example out of them for literally like, oh, this dominant defense, who's going to stop them? Anyone that knows how to run a spread offense, apparently. I would have made them play Alabama again. I've been like, (laughs) You got absolutely like that's the thing. Since he won their conference, won their conference, Georgia got manhandled in the conference championship game. Unless they factored in that Georgia beat Cincy last year. Still, that's not even you can't even use that. <laughs> oh, I know, but you know the committee's dumb. You know the committee's dumb. Look, I, but my, so my again, thing. again, it's Bama won. We knew that was coming. Michigan two, you could argue between those two at one and two, all you want. I genuinely don't care. Three is Georgia, four is Cincy. Am I wrong for rooting for like I, I just want Michigan to win. I just want Michigan to win. I don't care what else happens. I will not watch a national title game that is a rematch of that ab- ab- abomination we just watched. Yeah. I mean, I am seriously tired of the college football. Here's the thing. People have been bitching and moaning about expanding the, the playoff to, to eight teams or 16 teams. Do you know how hard it is for us to get competitive games in the college football playoff as is? More than half the games have been decided by three scores since its inception. Even the national title game generally is a blowout. Look at the LSU Ohio State game. Clemson versus, um, uh, uh, Ohio State. That one was a blowout. The one where Clemson ended up going on to win, to win the nat- national championship. I mean, Clemson and Bama. I mean, Clemson, Clemson Bama. Blew, blew him out in Trevor Lawrence's freshman year. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. Oh my God, man. Like, I want to, I want to bring up these, these, um, these scores. Cause like, they've been blowouts more often than not. Look at, uh, Oh, geez. All right. Hang on. I want to see if I can actually find the, the proper games. I don't care about the, ch- I want to see the actual scores from that year. God. Oh, oh, this is annoying. Wikipedia not doing the way I want it to be. All right. First year, uh, it was, uh, Ohio State beats Bama 42 to 35. Oregon beats Florida State 59 to 20. And then Oregon beats, uh, loses to Ohio State by 22. So that was year one. Year two, this was the, whoa, this was the really weird year where we had Michigan State in it. Um, let's see, what was the next year? 
Uh, Clemson beats Oklahoma 37-17. Bama beats Michigan State 38 to, uh, to nothing. And then Bama beats, um, Clemson 45-40. So we've had what, two close games in two years out of, out of six games. So that, that, that's not good. Uh, let's go to the next year. Cause I, I think there came a point where we just started to see more and more blowouts. Bama beats Washington 24 to 7. Clemson beats Ohio State 31 nothing. Clemson beats Bama 35 31. That was the Deshaun Watson year. That was a best uh, championship game probably. Uh, we've had since, since the college football playoff started. Uh-huh. The, all right. Um, the next year, Bama beats Clemson 24 to 6. Georgia beats Oklahoma 54 to 48. And then that was the, the Tua. Uh, touchdown. Okay, so that was probably our best year. That was 2017. Year after that, um, we've got Bama beating Oklahoma 45-34. Clemson beats Notre Dame 30-3. Clemson beats Bama 44-16. That was an awful year. Yeah. The, the one we had a couple years ago. God, it seems like it was forever ago because of, of COVID, but 2019. This was another year. Blowouts galore. LSU beat Oklahoma 63 to 28. Clemson beats Ohio State 29 to 23. LSU beats Clemson 42 to 25. That's considered a close uh, national title game. That was 17 points. And then last year, all of them were bad. All of them were bad. Yep. Oh my God, Devin. Like, I, I seriously hate this talk of like expanding because they're awful games. Bama beats Notre Dame 31-14. Ohio State beats Clemson 49-28. Bama beats Ohio State 52 to 24. And you want you want you want four more teams added to this? Yeah. Literally when we get the top four teams in the nation, a minimum of one or two of those games is turning into an absolute blowout. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's not a great situation to be in at the very least. I mean it's look. I mean expanding. I think would. I mean to me, expanding would just be more bowl games, in my opinion. It would That's be what, more bowl games. It would be more blowouts, and it'd be more whining. And I don't want any of that. Yeah, I, I just. There's really no good way to do it because the committee is still going to not put in more than one group of five team. That's the thing. You could have, you could have two group of five teams run the table, go completely undefeated. Let's say, I don't know. Uh, I know Cincinnati's going to the big 12 in in two years, but let's say for the sake of argument, uh, BYU and Cincy before they go to the, the big 12, both run the table next year one, one of them one gonna... of them and there's an eight team playoff one of them's finishing ninth yeah it's like look because, and you know what it would probably be byu well they don't have a conference championship to play in. well exactly. we, you've made that that exception for notre dame yeah the, the rules have been getting bent Remember when Bama made it in? Remember when Bama made it into the college football playoff and they didn't even play in their conference championship? Same thing. They won the national title that fucking year. Ohio State, the first year, or not the first year, but yeah, first year. year, I think it was either year one or year two. 
I think it was uh, year two. But yeah, Bama won the two. Bama versus Georgia happened in the national title game because Bama didn't even get to the national title. I'm sorry, didn't even get to the SEC championship game. That was Auburn that year. Yep. We've had two SEC representatives in more seasons than we haven't, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. And every year it's happened, it's been Georgia and, and Bama. That is correct. Always yep. those two teams. Do you want to talk about coaching? Yeah, college football playoff is a cesspool. You just go down a dark path and, and you, you never get out. All right, let's talk about these coaching hires. All right, so it has come out while we've been recording that Manny Diaz has been fired, which is, I mean, totally shocking news, Devin. Who could have possibly seen this coming, coming given that Mario Cristobal signed on the dotted line last night? Well, first of all, he should have just been fired uh, straight up. I mean, the fact that they, you know what, can we talk about Miami for a second? Yes. How are you going to hire a whole new coach before you even decide to do anything with your current coach? Did you really think he was going to stay on as a defensive coordinator, realistically? <laughs> like, what, what's the point of that? I, I just don't understand why you left him hanging around. He was recruiting. He's talking to recruits. He's still doing functions for Miami. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh yeah, we had a new coach. Oh, you might stay, you might go. I don't know. You have to talk to him. <laughs> what kind what kind of message does that send? That is the most my, University of Miami thing I've ever seen in my life. I think they're also going to get Clemson's athletic director too in, in this deal. So Yeah. I mean, good for them. I don't know if now, he's going do, to yield. Okay, do you know what results? Cristobal needs to do? You know what Cristobal needs to do cuz I I it showed in the conference championship game without having Moorhead that they didn't know what the hell to do. He can't bring any of the old Oregon offensive staff with him. Call Joe Brady. Somebody is going to. Oregon might call him first. By the way, can we just laugh at the Panthers for a second? That that Blaming it on Joe Brady is hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I talked about this a little bit last night, but like you hired the dude to be like McVay or Shanahan, but you didn't give him any of the resources close to what they have. And then you expected him to fix uh, Sam Darnold or Teddy Bridgewater. Like I, I you have or, quarterbacks that or Cam again. You have quarterbacks that are not exactly um, elite. <laughs> you know, they're they're barely average. I mean, come on now, man. It just everything about that hire and the way that they went about it, it was like they were blaming him. Like he's making him the scapegoat when they have no offensive line. It it does not matter who was at OC over the last two years, they still would have been bad because their offensive line is bad. And they, they don't have great quarterback play. So, whatever. I mean, cool Carolina. But, I mean, Matt Rule, he might be heading back to the college level if he doesn't get things right. So. Uh, anyways, back to, back to college. Uh, the one that I mentioned that was a bit surprising is 
Jay Norvell, the Nevada coach, being heavily linked to Colorado State. Obviously, Steve Adazio fired. That head coaching hire never made sense in the first place. No. He's, he's genuinely made Colorado State even worse than they already were. Yeah, I, I just don't see Norvell leaving Nevada, which he has made a pretty good program, to go to Colorado State, which is a trash fire right now. I just don't understand. Unless he just wants more money, I thought Norvell was going to jump up maybe to Power 5, not to another Mountain West school. I, that that move doesn't make sense. To I me. thought TCU, Texas Tech, uh, Washington State would have all made sense. He could have been a he could have been an OC at a apparently. Apparently, Colorado State is jockeying to make a move to the Big Twelve, which makes no sense to me because they're barely a factor in the Mountain West. Like, did they just want to be brought in so that they could, you know, give Kansas a free win every year? I don't know, man. Genuinely, it made no sense to me. Uh, and then it was finally made official. Brent Venables to the University of Oklahoma. What? I mean. I've been calling for Venables to get a head coaching job for like four years now. This, this seems like a solid move. I mean. I, I'm more interested to see what the staff he puts around because I think the OC job is... Joe Brady! Joe Brady! Get Joe Brady to Norman right the fuck now! If Oregon doesn't get him first. No, but uh, but no, uh, honestly, they, they need a they need a really good hire at OC, um, especially with Caleb Williams kind of in loop, in, in loop right now. I mean, he's kind of just hanging out there. I mean... Is he going to stay? Is he going to leave? Is he going to follow Riley? Probably not. But you got to get that OC uh, job locked down immediately, and you need to get a good one. The worst possible decision he could make would be taking Tony Elliott with him. That would be set up for failure. But, yeah, Joe Brady should be should be one of the first names you call. I even call Jay Norvell. And see if he had any interest for real. Hey Jay, you want to come back home and be an offensive coordinator? Yeah, so I know it's a bit of a downgrade, but it'd be better than than fucking going to Colorado State. I'd give him a call, but no, like seriously, I, I'm more interested to see who what the staff he has around him. I think he'll do an okay job. I'm not gonna expect him to be some you know dynasty winning coach, but at the same time, I think he'll be solid. Defense will be a lot better. Uh, you can bet that, but there was a, a lot of mixed reaction on social media about it, and someone called the hire of him, um, what was the word they used, uh, clueless, and it was just the most random thing ever, and then when they people asked him about why he called it clueless, he didn't want to explain it. So it was like, how are you going to say something like that and then not explain it? So that was a whole. Now, uh, Devin, I'm seeing this as a joke, but I want to get your your God's honest opinion on this. Potential Oregon head coach, Bill O'Brien. No. Stop. 
if you want your program to be uh, what Penn State was before James Franklin took over, uh, go for it. Who do you want to see take the Oregon job? Me personally? Mm-hmm. I don't even know, man. I don't even know what names are there out there left because now they're they're in a really bad spot. <laughs> right? Uh, it, let me let me see what I can find. I've I've typed it into Google and I'm gonna run some names by. Yeah, so nine your nine days will when you're listening this, it'll be eight days away from uh signing uh your uh, recruiting class. So they have to make the hire quick, like by the end of the week quick. So we'll see. All right. Matt Campbell. Yes or no? I don't think he leaves. Wouldn't make sense. Don't think don't I again, Rust Belt guy. Why would he go out to the West Coast? It has to be some He's never Rust left that area. I mean a, you know what you know what sucks? Um if the Oregon job would have came up earlier, I would have said uh Kalen Dobear. But he's um, in Washington now, so Kalani Sataki. I think it's a possibility. I think that one's definitely a possibility. Uh, I'm not even going to name this one because I know a particular person that wants him to leave their school and I want him to stay for the worst reason. Oh, God. It's a particular coordinator from, from an ACC school. Tony Elliott? That would be the one. That would be a disaster. Lock him up to a 10-year extension. Do they make the calls a Dabo sweet? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> No Chip way. Kelly. No. It just feels like nostalgia is going to go wrong. Mike Elko, the Texas A&M defensive coordinator. Mm, I don't know. It doesn't really move the needle for me. I think the Oregon, Oregon hire, I, I feel like for them to be successful, they had to have an offensive mind at a head coach. To, to okay, really okay. Fan sided has named Deion Sanders. No. No, please stop. He has no West Coast ties anyway. Uh, Blake Anderson. Now that's a that's an interesting name. Um, I don't think he's ready to make that jump quite yet. I love these articles that don't have any idea as to like how like coaching cycles work. Because th- this other one was like, oh, Dave Clawson. Dave Clawson just signed a seven-year extension with uh, with Wake Forest. He's not going anywhere. You also got to factor in, do they have West Coast ties? Like, that's the other th- – yes, but, uh, like, I'm not kidding. I, I know, you know, Lincoln Riley was, was, was locked in long-term. Like, if someone puts pen to paper within two weeks of when you're writing this, they're not going anywhere. Definitely not. <sighs> USA Today, let's see what they've got. Uh, um, running backs coach Jim Mastro at Oregon. Oh, this is to replace uh, Moorhead. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't know about that. <laughs> that would be a hell of a... Uh, of a all right. Uh, trying to see if there are any other ones. Andy Avalos from Boise State. Again, Dave Aranda. Oh, let's get Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda just signed a seven-year extension. Yeah, no. He's locked up there to like 2030 now. 
Dave Aranda is not leaving for Oregon. He, he has won, no he, West Coast ties. He, he turned down won, LSU. Just won a Big Twelve, a Big Twelve championship too. Just won a Big Twelve championship. Some of these are just lazy, man. I guarantee well, you, number one on this. Yep, Chip Kelly, Matt Campbell. Can you imagine Chip Kelly just decides, yeah, well, I'll go back. Fuck it, why not? It would be a disaster. I'm I'm not kidding when I say that. Oregon would be bad in the immediate two to three years that he went there. Because he would try to make it exactly like it was before. Mm-hmm. And the way that they're recruiting trajectory, I don't think that's best for them. I think you got to get a coach that's used to coming in and making things happen on a short spot. That's why Blake Anderson was an interesting name for me. Um Dude came in on Utah State's first year and won a championship. And if I'm not mistaken, he came into Arkansas State and made them immediately competitive too. So he's a coach that can deal with quick turnarounds. But Oregon is a different level of turnaround. I do think uh, to make that jump, it's, it's going to take it quite a bit. But uh, I would say Sataki is probably the, the top choice here, uh, just like in terms of who I would hire. Because he already has West Coast ties, he's proven that he can win at uh, BYU. And and I just think he can bring that energy that I feel like they're missing with their program. Uh, you know what? I, I have to say, Devin, I'm just glad that I didn't see Jamie Chadwell's name thrown in there. Yeah. I mean, at this point, no one in the east or central part of the country is going to take that job. I mean, Jay Norvell, hell, he could take the job. Mm-hmm. So I would wait – if I were him, I would wait before making any decision on Colorado State. Just um, at least – Oh, make, and make Virginia's now got a, the head coaching vacancy. We forgot to mention that one. Virginia, uh, Bronco Mendenhall steps down. Yeah, that was surprising. I, we heard Tony Elliott might be linked to that job. So we'll Tony Elliott is right now the front runner for Duke and Virginia. Quite the uh... – <laughs> Quite the quite the uh, selection he's got there, right? Um, yeah, I I can't even find a list of guys like like. But again, we saw for when Duke opened up, it's like, well, Jamie Chadwell would make sense. No, other than the fact, like, he's not going to go. All right, I know that like it's a Power Five job, but I can go and be perennially ranked and always compete for you know, uh, a, a New Year's Six Bowl with Coastal, or I can sign on the dotted line and get used to winning three games a year at Duke. Yeah. It's not yeah. like Duke's going to back up the Brinks truck for them. It's not their basketball program. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get on out of here? Because this has gone on a very long podcast. Very <laughs> long. Yeah, I, I would just say... Uh, Duke fans want Joe Brady. Oh, my God. he's There is no way he's going there. There is no way. Duke came from a Power 5 national championship winning team. He's going to uh, a, a borderline bowl-eligible team most years. Like, come on, no. It's not happening. Anything you want to talk about before we get on out of here? Nah, final res- reports are starting up, so uh starting to get that knocked out. Uh, and if you didn't uh, read my uh, piece on Cam Thomas, 
Senior uh, State defensive lineman. You can can take a read on that on risingdraft.com. Um, and yeah, that's, that's all I got. Um, yeah, this week um, I actually released an article breaking down an article of yours, Devin. Uh, for those who don't know, as part of my postgraduate program, uh, one of my classes is I've had to start my own blog, and I've never mentioned it on here before. But um, you can find it, it uh, on Twitter at on the clock with, and I broke down Devin's article last week uh, about Malik Willis and why I thought that you did a, a frankly fantastic job on that without throwing out too many damn buzzwords that too many people talk about you know accuracy being fixed then in one sentence they just explain whether or not it can you actually went in depth thought it was a great piece so i think people should not only check out that article on rise and draft but i also broke it down myself but until next time guys you can find me on twitter at mike h underscore draft you can find devin on twitter at real d underscore jackson you can find the show on twitter at big shots pod follow our work at blue chip scouting follow blue chip scouting at blue chip scout by the way guys just a reminder 15 percent off if you use the code big shots over at jersey house and we will see you on friday